0: Welcome back, everyone. This is Eric Elveson with the Digital Education Podcast. And we're starting the month with another conversation um, in stories of becoming more human. And this was inspired by my friend Dennis Eastman. And so Dennis, we've been on this journey since uh, the beginning of the fall. And we've had this opportunity to once a month do these great interviews with educators about their work, but how their work has made them more human. So Dennis, roll with the introductions today of our guest.
1: Well, it is great to be back with you, Eric. And it's exciting to have um, not only a former student of mine, but also a wonderful teacher and now administrator. And we're excited to have Samantha Navarro here with us today. And so Samantha, I'm just going to ask you to please uh, give, us a, give us a introduction so we don't leave anything out and tell us a little bit about your uh, experience teaching, administrating and the like. So thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Yeah, no problem. Uh, first of all, it's an honor and this topic uh, resonates through everything that I do. Uh, so, so I've been in education for almost 20 years um, hard to believe I don't feel that old um, so talk about bringing human full full, full circle here. Uh, I've been a, a teacher for several years uh, but I'm now a principal at New Millennium Secondary School. I've been at New Millennium for 13 years but I've kind of seen it through the progression as a teacher a coach, an assistant principal and now a principal so just my eyes have been open to the world of education in in many different lenses, and honestly, um, this is a profession that I value uh, with my whole heart. And um, it has humbled me. It has uh, taught me so much. Um, and it's just it's a profession that I just love completely. And I can't can't see myself doing anything else. Um, so happy to be here. Happy to to talk it out, and happy to show all of my. My human qualities, or whatever you want to call it, uh, as I, uh, you know, embark on this educational journey. Still,
1: well, that's great. I super appreciate your time. For to be sure, so let me open with um, perhaps this question. Um, here you are as. Um, coach, teacher, administrator—you've done you've done a lot of things, and um, and now you're in a you're in a setting in which students are looking to you for answers at a time in which um, our world's changed, even since you were a student, right? And so I'm curious—talk uh, to us about some of the lessons. You're learning as you're trying to teach them lessons yourself
2: that's a great question I, I mean i'm learning every day um i learn a lot from from my students um i think number one is you just you drop the title at the door um because we're all humans and we've all got we all got stuff to do during the day and i need to be there for my students 100%. And I have said this to staff, I've said this to um, just everybody that walks through our gate at New Millennium, there is no title. Um, You do the work that needs to get done because you are, your center is the student. And so that's why I have to listen, number one, to where my students are coming from in the times that we are at. And you're right, this is not at all like it was when I was in high school. So I check that out the door right away and all my students have, have different understandings that they're coming, you know, to me with. And so number one, humanizing what you're doing is listening. And if I can just listen to how the students are feeling, if I can just listen to why they're feeling that way, then maybe I can problem solve the best that I can. But I mean, I'll be honest, you know, the the whole topic that we're talking about, it's dropping the title at the door and it's listening. And I even tell the students when they're in my office, my office doesn't even have a door, so it's an open door policy regardless. Um, (laughs) When they come in and they want to to vent to me or just whatever they have for me, I I automatically say to them, or I just ask them, do you want a a response? Do you want advice? Uh, Do you want me to just shut up and not say anything? Um, Because I think that's important. Um, And it goes back again to dropping the title when they come into my office, they know I'm the principal, whatever. But I'm here as an adult, as a human to just give them whatever they need in that moment. And when I say that, the students look at me and they're like, wait, so we can, we can say whatever, you know, we need to say. And I'm like, well, within reason, you know, like, you know, but that's part of humanizing. Everything is dropping the the title at the door and just listening to your students they'll teach you a lot and i'll walk away every day going my goodness and then on the drive home i'll think about it and then at night I think about it um but i think that's that's my number one thing as as a leader is just drop your title at the door do what you got to do for the students and take some time to listen to them because you'll learn a heck of a lot from them
1: so
0: so Samantha, let me ask this question because I I love that drop the title at the door. I've got my own story about being a principal and title and all those issues where I made some realizations. Did that come naturally to you or was that a decision that you said, you know what, I'm going to do it different or what's the story behind making that decision? Because it is something that you have to be purposeful about. I think, in our world, especially, you know, in the nature of titles and leadership and bureaucracies and whatever it might be. So give us some insight in your decision making process in that.
2: I think, you know, there there are several factors that went into that. um, And it's the people that have shaped me uh, to who I am today. And um, actually, Dennis and I were talking, Mr. Eastman, I still can't. Um, I know you were, you were my, you were my teacher still, so out of respect. Um, but we were talking about this. Um, it goes back to my principal when I was in high school. And I, I just remember, uh, Mr. Luketic, um, walking around the, the quad at lunch. And there, we, we, as students would view him as there's the principal, right? Like the principal is just, chopping it up with people at lunch, like he's hanging with the, with the cool teachers, or even the not so cool teachers, he's making his rounds, and he's talking to the students, and he knows, he knows our names, like, this is crazy, but his casual conversation with us, also the respect that we just had for him in general, because of how he conducted himself, Um, but he would pick up trash at lunch, Um, just, just his open, overall demeanor where you knew he was the principal but he didn't go around and flex it and say you know this is who I am this you must respect me it automatic respect automatically came because you just saw the type of person he was and I knew in high school that I wanted to be in education I knew that I wanted to be a teacher I didn't know I was going to go in administration but I always thought one day if I get my classroom if I get an opportunity I want to be like Mr. Luketic Um, or I want to be like Mr. Eastman, because there was that that human side, we knew what they were about. But we still knew that they were our teachers and our administrators. But there was just how they conducted themselves, which made us even more excited to learn in their classrooms, or to learn more about who our principal was. And so now in this role, I, I just learned so much from the people that I grew up with, that it's shaped me to who I am today. And also, it's just kind of my personality. I just, I don't, I don't like that. I get the title and I respect the title and I'm honored and proud to be the principal, but I just, I, sometimes I'm just like, oh, (laughs) and that's why with the kids too, like I'll have some new kids when they, when they come to the school or they enroll and they're like, oh, Principal Navarro. Oh, you know, that's, you can call me Miss Navarro, but as the time goes on and, and they you know, are in our school two, three, or four years, I get many other names where it's just Navarro yelling across the quad or Nav or, you know, like, but the respect ultimately is there. And that relationship and that human side just bonds us even more together. So yeah, there, there are just a lot of factors as to why I just kind of do what I do.
1: (laughs) I think that's really great that you've, um, tried to be not only human to your students, show human side, getting to know them, getting out amongst them. Um, You're totally right, Uh, I agree. Uh, Mr. Luketic was also my principal and um, what a great role model. There's nobody he didn't know and nobody that he didn't have a positive word for, to be sure, Uh, didn't have to remind anybody he was the principal. He's just, we know you're the principal. And um, more than that, anything, I think he lived it out. Um, he doesn't have to remind you. He's the principal. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, what do you do as an administrator to help also share that message with your, with your staff? That in fact, hey, I know you're the teacher and we don't want anybody to disrespect you but you don't don't have to be flexing every day. You can lean in, like you said, you can lean in, you can relax the title. They know you're the teacher and you're going to show that mostly by the mature decisions you make in front of them. But what are you doing to help promote that in your school, promoting being human to your students in the school amongst your teachers?
2: That's a good question because it depends, you know, a lot of... The new teachers, um, and I love, you know, I love when we get first or second year teachers, um, and I love our vets too. I think it's easier, and I don't, I don't want to say it as a flex, but I think it's easier when you do have a smaller school setting like us. I mean, we have 200 students, so everybody knows everybody. You know, like I, I think about how we work as a school, and I think, okay, what would that look like in a 1600 student school? but I know it works for a 200 student school because a teacher can pop their head out of any classroom, see kids walking down our one hallway and know every single kid. Um, And that's awesome. I think when I speak to to teachers in that summer professional development, as as cheesy and as used as this saying is, it's 100% true. It's relationship building 101. Your curriculum is important, don't get me wrong. I have taught history, I get it. I know we're all content masters, um, but that's out the window if you can't build a relationship with, it, with a student. And why wouldn't you want to? I mean, I, honestly, I, I think I'm in the best way working with secondary ed students. I don't know how this would work with elementary kids, but with high school kids, why wouldn't you want to get to know them? Why wouldn't you want to greet them at the door? Why wouldn't you want to say, hey, you know, are you good? What happened last night? How's your family? Um, What are you into? What sports are you playing? All of those things, that makes you more human as a teacher instead of you, like, I get the bell ringers. I get what we need to do to make a classroom run. I get that. But none of that will run if the kids don't think you're invested in them. And showing that you care about them is one of the most human things. That you can do asking them questions and not the cheesy. Here's an index card. It's the first day of school. I'm only doing this because I have to. And then I'm going to throw those index cards away because whatever. It's, you know, I mean, you have to have a personality for this. You have to really show that you care about the kids and your history teacher, your science teacher doesn't matter um, until you can really get to know the kids. And then once you do, they won't leave. And my teachers know that firsthand where it's like, we're closing school, you have to go home. But the teachers are in there talking anime with a kid or talking sports outside of, you know, the content timeframe, but the, the kids get it and they want to come back to those classrooms because they know the teachers are human and care. So relationship building 101, I mean, it's, it's, that's where it all starts.
0: So Samantha, let me ask a question then, because you probe a little bit on this, because I think I'd like to work for you. Um, but, but there's this, this idea that, is there an example or is there a story of a relationship with a student where, you know, whether it was as a coach or as a teacher, or even now as an administrator, where it really tested your ability to listen, to develop that relationship, to lean in that really shaped in a lot of ways who you are um, as a professional too.
2: I think, you know, there, there was, there was one example. We, we had a new student. This was about six years ago, pretty much within 24 hours. Uh, he made himself known, um, by, um, well, pressing some of the kids, pressing some of the female students. Uh, to the point where he got, this is when I was assistant principal. He got so angry one day because another male student pressed him because he was tired of this kid pressing the female students. So there was a situation where there could have been uh, a fight, but this, this new student that was pressing all the females decided to get angry, uh, take off his shirt and jump on the roof. So we had to have a lockdown Um, and really talk him down off the roof. Um, After we know everybody's in a lockdown, the teachers are like, what's going on? Um, And you have to remember, okay, this is a kid. Um, Something's going on that we don't know. And how do we how do we get to the bottom of it? And how do we. how do you make sure that he knows that you, you, can't just, you can't do this, but that we care to make sure in the long run, we, we figure out what's going on so, so we can help you. Um, so he came down from the roof. We, we actually had to walk him out to the front gate because he was saying some, some amazing words that I can't say on here uh, for our own safety and we, we had to call the police. But there was still the time to rebuild you know what what was broken at the moment. Um, you know because there's going to be times that this job <laughs> strains what you try to put into place, but it's not broken. Um, and there are going to be students that try to test the limits, but you, you have to remember to not take it personal. Um, I know we hear that in every in every teaching and admin conference Q tip. Quit taking it personally um but in those situations with a kid on the roof ready to throw it down or a student cussing somebody out because quit taking it personally it's not it's not at you if you only take a second to listen again i go back to listening you actually might learn that this kid's life is um, brutal and doesn't know how to handle situations so Yeah, uh, I have many stories, but at the same time, I have um, solutions to to, to those stories. They might not always be the first solution, but, um, you know, like I said, again, it goes back to listening and keep building those relationships, no matter what happens, because you can't take it personally. So there's a solution to everything.
1: (laughs) Samantha, it sounds like, well... It sounds like in in the midst of being in the trenches, um, you and your staff have found ways in which to move in closer to the situation um, and offer assistance rather than standing in the cheap seats, throwing rocks. Um, Anybody can, right? Anybody can flee the situation and criticize. But you and the teachers at your school are taking, um, I would say determined steps to move in and learn more and to build these relationships. And you, I love that you say it starts with listening. What are some other things that you may be doing to help build these relationships where the students in an appropriate way, um, see all of you as human? And they get beyond, I mean, you talked to us about open door, I love it. And you talked about listening. And I think those things are huge, absolutely huge. And you get closer, but when you get closer I guess this is the question, um, what does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that act like when you're getting closer to a situation and still wanting to maintain a professional, you have to maintain professional decorum of course. So what does that look like, sound like, act like at, uh, at your school?
2: I think it's, it's consistency um, and it's visibility. Uh, I think if you are consistently visible, um, then it makes following up with students that much easier. Um, I think following up with students, reminding them what their goals are, uh, again with that professional you know, line, but when they see that you care and they see that they know that they can come to you for anything, there is that respect and there is that empowerment too within them to be able to do what they need to do in school. And if that resonates in each classroom that they are empowered to do what they need to do as students, then, then that, that relationship and, and what we have just talked about keeps growing stronger and stronger where it's just, you know, we just, you don't just take a number at the door and then we solve your problem and that's it. Um, You know, it's ongoing and it's consistently checking in which makes it a lot for our teachers because our teachers are, are, you know, involved in their content. They're involved in grading. They're involved in their own personal lives. Um, But yet they consistently check in on the kids. They consistently check in on parents Um, and when the students see that it even goes beyond them as students, but they're checking in on their home life and, you know, all of that just continues, you know, to help push the student up the mountain, uh, you know, of all of their years of high school, you know, like we're just, we're there to support and we're there to help. But again, if they see that consistency and they see that visibility, then that relationship just grows stronger. Um, because then it does become a whole family thing. Um, And you start to see the students really believe in themselves and are empowered outside of here and get jobs and start applying for college and know that they can do it because they have the love and support, you know, here consistently, which again is very hard to do, um, but our teachers do the best that they can for that.
0: Okay. I'm going to ask one last question, but it might be the big one, right? You know, in some ways, um, because you're already in the midst of a crazy day today. So we thank you for taking time. And you talk about that consistency and we're really coming up here in about a month or so on two years of just, I don't even really know what it is, Um, but it's, we're doing our best, right? And we're going through it and you're creating that consistency. You're getting, you know, you're getting kids to school as much as possible, as much as you can, you know, you're creating that, that life for them. And then you talk about like checking in. Um, One of the big questions that I got in the last couple of days from school leaders, especially principals, assistant principals is exhaustion, tired. I'm wondering who do you allow to check in on you? Who do you allow in some ways in the sense of saying, as I take care of these kids, as I take care of my community, this school, who, who do you allow or who would you encourage other, you know, principals or other school leaders, building leaders in particular to say, hey, let people check on you, let people take care of you. It, give us some insight as you're kind of getting into two years of whatever this COVID pandemic schooling has been like for you.
2: That's a solid question. (laughs) Um, that's the hardest question actually to answer. I could talk about education and my kids and my staff forever, but then you pose that question and I'm like, Oh, (laughs) um, I don't know. Like it's, it's hard, um, to, to be, I think vulnerable to have people check in on you. Um, I think I've got, I've got our chief operating officer here, uh, Nicole Sims, who is is my right hand. And, you know, I can I can go to her for anything, um, but it's still like the school setting. Right. I think. Friends in education, you know, people that are not necessarily right within this school, um, I, you know, check in. You know, we check in on each other as fellow educators, but then sometimes that just you get sucked right back into education and education speak. And, you know, and then it doesn't really become a check in. So, I mean, I'm a shout out to my mom, um, because my mom is the one that I vent to. My mom is the one that checks in on me and my dad, my dad's been in education for 33 years. He, he retired a few years ago. Um, but they, they listen without solutions, right? They just listen and, and check in and just make, make sure I eat, <laughs> even though I'm like not a kid anymore, but you know, your parents still are your parents and they just check in to make sure you're okay. Um, But I think it's important from from just my experience, not that it's right, not that it's the answer, but I think it's important that people check in on you that don't have a stake in education so that there isn't this will have you or you should try because there are some moments after like, for example, today, I don't really want advice. That's why I also tell my kids, you know, I don't need to give you advice. If you don't want advice, you just want to vent, then vent. So I like it if people that are not in education are like, hey, how was your day? Or are you good? Because I know that I'm not going to get advice on the education tip where I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't need that today. <laughs> so my parents and my dog, <laughs> I talk to my dog a lot. Don't know if she really gets it, but she gives me a look that she understands. So I'll roll with it.
1: <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. So good. Um, I'll give you a phrase. Um, if I can, I'll give you a phrase for that. Um, you know, when somebody offers a piece of advice in which was unsolicited for a problem that you're having, um, I one time, well, I one time had a human say to me who learned that my, my wife, who, you know, was having extreme, um, she was having extreme nausea from due to being pregnant with our first child. And he said, "Hey, maybe you've tried this, but uh saltines." Well, she was one day away from being admitted to the hospital <laughs> for, for for nausea because and we had tried everything. So, Samantha, we call that um we say to the person when they say, "Hey, can I offer something?" I we now say are you going to give me a saltine? Ugh, yeah.
2: And totally. we have that
1: phrase, you know, Hey, yeah. you going to give me a saltine. And the, Oh no, this isn't a saltine. Yeah. I'll be yeah. the judge of that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I super appreciate this conversation today. As I know Eric does as well. I appreciate you really putting, um, hands and feet on the desire to be human and living it out every day. Um, being a teacher is so daily. And I think that's what uh, that's what's so fatiguing and yet so rewarding. Um, If, if it didn't matter, we wouldn't be so you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't take it home with us. We wouldn't wonder about our kids on the weekend, wondering if they're okay. And I know that that is exactly who you are. And I am super grateful for the educator you've become and the administrator that you've become and spreading um, the message of teaching, but also humanity to your students. That's a, that's a really great gift that you're giving them. So super grateful for your time today. You get the last word and then we're all done. Anything, any parting, parting words for us?
2: My students are just cool people. And I just want to, I, I just want to do right by them. And I'll do my best to make sure that that happens.
1: Well, that is, uh, that's brilliant. And I think, I think you do. And uh, more than that, I think you are an excellent teacher and it shows every day. So thanks again for your time today. We're, we're grateful for it.
2: No problem. Happy to be here.